This is No Teacher Left Behind with Natalie McIntosh and Christine Hurt. Humorous musings from the teacher's lounge. Hi, Christine. Hi, Natalie. How have you been? I've been pretty great. That's good. That's so nice witty banter to start off the front. Uh, it's been a while since we've sat in front of each other and recorded an episode. Yes. So we're, you know, getting ourselves back into the groove. Uh, and in the usual Natalie fashion, um, I kind of waited until this morning to figure out uh, what, what I wanted to talk about. And I like how something different is always bubbling up to the surface for me Uh as the week progresses, getting closer to a podcast recording. And this week, uh, there's been something that's been hitting me upside the head, and it's like one of my weaknesses. Now, at the time of this recording, we are dead in the middle of this weird winter season, and we're in Virginia, and it's just muddy season out there. And there's some sunlight right now, but I I don't feel like I've seen the sun in a, in yeah. a, in a while. No, I feel like I've been kind of in this rainy cave yes. place yes, for cave. like months. Yes. And of course, allergies are starting to kick up for me and everything. So coming, um, being at school right now has been kind of a struggle. Uh, anytime I'm feeling physically down, uh, you know, my ex-husband used to make fun of me that just the whole world shut down if I got like the sniffles. <laughs> because uh, when my body, you know, you know, doesn't feel good, then the whole rest of the, the body follows, including yeah. the brain. So yeah. everything just kind of shuts down. Unable to function. So I'm trying totally to reboot. Trying to reboot. And uh, I've been really irritable also. And because we're in the middle of this and spring break isn't for like another few weeks. And I'm very irritable and everything's getting on my nerves. And one of the things that happens for me when I get this way is that I loosen up on things. Uh I'm not as good at holding the line ah. with kids in the classroom, with my child at home, with ah, my stepchildren. So things start to slide. Yes, um, because of energy and, well, basically because of energy. Sure. And But as we know, sometimes when things slide, it's harder to bring that line back. So, yes. And, of course, the... Whenever I get really irritated and uh, at my students or behaviors going on in my classroom or behaviors going on anywhere in the world, and boy, there's so many, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I always have to stop and ask myself, why am I getting so upset about this? And usually it always comes around to something that I don't like in myself. Ooh, interesting. Yes. So if there, it's that whole, if you spot it, you got it type of thing, uh -huh. you know, if, if some. Somebody, something that somebody's doing is really getting on your nerves. Yeah. Chances are there is something that you did to contribute to that. And there's yeah. something that you don't like about what you're doing or Ye what I'm doing. projecting. Yes. So this is what's on my line. And in fact, had a big old kind of co-parenting <laughs> ah. uh, thing come up about it also. Uh, and I can describe that here. It's, it's like a small thing, but it was kind of the straw that you know, broke the proverbial camel's back. Um, yesterday, uh, I co-parent with my ex-husband and I'm dropping off my, my child, uh, at the restaurant that my ex-husband owns. And we had just finished this conversation and my wife and I, and Patrick's in the back, uh, about keeping cars clean, <laughs> <laughs> which is very timely. Yes. Right. And, uh, so we're talking about that. And of course, what does Patrick do? 
we just picked him up from a birthday party. He had a candy bar. He ate the candy bar, and then he just puts the wrapper on the armrest between <laughs> the driver's seat and the passenger seat. Because that's where and, it belongs. You know, you know, Mary was, you know, very quick to be like, okay, well, you're yeah. going into your dad's restaurant. You can take your trash with you. Sure. And I don't know where my mind was at, but I, he, I don't know if he said no. I don't know what had happened, but what did not happen was that the trash did not leave the car. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> became this big conversation. And so, you know, dropped off the kid and everything. And of course the, there was conversations to be had after I got back in the car about sure. like, you know, are we on the same page of holding the line? And I mean, it sounds like a trivial thing, you know, a little piece of trash in the car, but what, but what it was, was like a bigger topic. There's sure. been things all along. It's never yeah. about the one little thing. No, because it's a, it's an example of a bigger thing. Like you said, are we on the same page? Are we right. holding the same line here? Right. And are we going to back each other up? Right. Yeah. And what it brought up for me is I got super irritated again at myself. And it was definitely directed at myself. And because I've been having this struggle all week. This week at school was the last week of the grading period. Oh, fun time. Yes. <laughs> I just saw a massive like, uh, from Christine's face because she knows that this is the week that everybody comes out of the woodwork, parents, students, everybody, and asks how can I get my grade up or what can I do to improve my grade or, you know, just in general freaking outness. Right. And, and none of them know mm -hmm. how to build a time machine, so they can't actually do this. <laughs> yes, they can. The numbers are there. Yeah. And but what it is, is as a teacher, I feel pelted by a hundred inquiries. I'm like at the help desk and there's 800 customers thinking that their issue is the most important issue at hand yeah. and it's on me to help them fix their issue. Right, especially because the issue was caused by them. Yeah. They got themselves into this situation and they are asking you for emergency help to get them out of the situation. Right. And so I've been in customer service and you know you're standing at that, you know, help desk or that counter or whatever and all these customers are just really upset and frustrated and stressed out and whatever and they want something from you. And then sometimes at some certain points, I'm like, fine, I will ignore my retake policy and let you have yet another retake or yeah. whatever. Because sometimes I just get exhausted and I'm yeah. tired of fighting. Yeah. And then I get really angry at myself for not holding the line. Right. So my topic is holding the line. And I want to kind of talk about my personal experience with it the struggles that I uh, come across with it and then some ideas that I have in my head to uh, tighten them up again in a, in a healthy, constructive way. Um, so here are my thoughts on it. Okay, here we go. So I, I had to think about uh, why, why do we let things slide? Now this week for me was just sheer exhaustion. I've been struggling with like, you know, physical stuff. Remember I yeah. said I totally shut down when, you know, something physically wrong I was having like some sort of allergies or something like that so I wasn't feeling good so when I don't feel good my energy resources are, are scarce yeah and for me for my personality confrontation takes a lot of energy yes I understand that I'm and the same I way. 
look in awe at some teachers who can just do, you know, these teachers, they are just like a, a pencil writes in the wrong direction in the far corner of the room. And they are there to talk to that student or take them out in the hall and talk about things and be, and they're just yeah. there. They're yeah. on it. They see just a glimmer of a phone case and they're like, ah, yeah. And they jump on that student <laughs> yeah. and they're there. They see everything and they act immediately on there. And I'm always staring at them in awe going, where do they get their energy reserves? Yeah. You know, to do that, because for me, I struggle with yes. that. You know, for me, I look at the whole play out of the interaction between me and the student and I wonder is it worth the energy <laughs> you know yeah uh, well, or I is think, this something I can let go yeah and I think especially when you are like you were in this last week it's like you get into survival mode and you sort of at least not you I know from my own personal experience when I get into that mode when I'm really tired I'm not feeling well I've under a lot of stress. I'm being pulled in too many directions at one time or all of the above is happening. I get into survival mode and it's like, I lose the ability to think if I don't hold this line, there will be consequences for this later. All I can think of is how do I survive the next two minutes? Yes. <laughs> how do I survive the next two minutes? And it just seems like the easy answer is I give into this demand. Right. You know? And so, yeah, I totally, totally feel you. Yeah, and there are some times where I made the right decision there yeah. by just going, you know what? This time I'm okay. Yeah, because um, sometimes it really isn't worth, yes. worth it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, um, so I was thinking back to one of the reasons my first two years of teaching was so difficult was because I was only about seven years older than the students I was teaching. Hmm. Um, and, you know... <laughs> Now they could be my kids, so it's a lot different. <laughs> but the dynamic was, I was still, that whole high school experience was still very fresh in my mind. You know, the, the wanting to belong, the wanting mm, to mm -hmm. be popular or to be liked, well-liked, yeah. uh, to feel included. Yeah. You know, all of that was still very fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, and so as a first and second year teacher, uh, I still felt that kind of pull yeah. Uh, to them and to acquiesce to a lot of, you know, you know, asks on yeah. their part uh, so that I didn't so I could feel like I, I was a I was the popular teacher or something Ooh, like yeah. that, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. and it never worked. It always left me feeling like with this slimy kind of greasy feeling. I don't know how else to yeah. <laughs> describe it. But this feeling, something's just not quite right. And then it's because I've just been taken advantage of. And uh, insult to injury, I had just allowed myself to be taken advantage mm, of. Yeah. And it was not a very happy feeling. But I did not know how to go the other way. And I did not know how to say no. Because in my mind, saying no was a negative thing. Whereas... Saying no is actually saying yes to something else. I love that. Yes. Uh, and so when I say no to a student on this, I'm actually saying yes to a lot more peace of mind later. Yeah. And also saying yes to that person having a better understanding of what the expectations are in the future. Yeah. So that was something that did not click. Um. So what I had to do, and I'm going to skip forward to um, my kind of uh, what works uh, for that. What really helped turn things around was watching master teachers. 
At yes. that point, I was uh, at a small private girls' high school, boarding school, you know, the whole thing. And my room where I taught math was right next to, um, oh, for last, she was like the director of academics, we'll call her. Um, but this woman was intense. Talk about, she had energy reserves galore for confrontation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she had no trouble telling anybody, uh, this is what I see. This is what, you know, (laughs) she had no problem saying no. She had no problem backing it up. She had no problem. She had a list of like, I mean, she was also like 25 years older than I was. Right. But, uh, all these examples of why what I'm telling you right now is actually in your best interest. And this is the line. I see that you are on the wrong side of it. (laughs) Let's get to the correct side. And there are some times where you're like watching the, this stuff and she had no problems doing it in front of whoever was around yeah which mortified me because yeah. i i'm easily embarrassed you yeah. know it's a young girl i'm you know i did not want to be embarrassed don't embarrass don't yeah. sneeze you know yeah. I, I was very timid so i carried that over also mm-hmm. into my whole confrontation issue um but by watching her and picking up on a few of her responses that she said over and over and over again like her few wrote scripted oh, responses of uh, no because yeah. or no because this or, you know, yeah. this is what you need to do. or yeah. Just the things that she would say, I started picking up on. And one yeah. of my favorites was um, poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. I love that. And so this really comes in handy the last week before the grading yes. period. Where they come to me and say, if there's anything, is there anything I can do? I'm going to get into so much trouble, you know, la, 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 sob story, sob yeah. story. I'm going to get my phone taken away. I can't go out this weekend, whatever. I can say, poor planning on your part yeah. does not constitute an emergency on mine. Yeah. You've had time. Yep. So it's like one of these things that I can do for someone like me who can't often think fast on their feet in, in reply. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the kind of introversion type of things mm-hmm. is I have to go away and think about it and write about it and journal about it and kind of <laughs> think some more take a walk. I only and, laugh you know. because <laughs> I am that person too. I, yeah. I get it so much. But I can't do that in the moment. Right. I got to have something gotta ready. Ready to go. And do you know what this is bringing to mind for me? Because you're talking about how much it saps your energy to be confrontational and how it looks like these teachers, you know, these master and veteran teachers, they have this energy for days to do this confrontation. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it's not that they're, they have so much energy. It's just that they've learned how to do it in a much more energy efficient way. Yes. And having this sort of toolbox, this list of five or six go-to responses that cover 95% of the issues. (laughs) Yes. um, Or instances that you might cover. And it makes me think of like, Steve Jobs or Barack Obama who wore the same thing every day because that was one less decision that had to be made every day. That was one more, one less energy expenditure that had to be dealt with every day. They got two suits. They pick between those two and they move on with their lives. And I feel like that's part of the, the solution, especially for folks like us who are a little more introverted, who like to think things through before responding right is to just have this like little cash in our toolbox of exactly, you know, this is the response. Exactly. And the other thing that I like to, you know, everything you said, yes, yes, yes. And also the master teachers have developed and 
finely tuned their systems for the classrooms. Yes. Where everything is very clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if somebody tries to say, oh, but I can't retake on this, say I can retake on that. There's, they've had this so yeah. many years, all these little nuances that they can come back and yeah. say, well, then next time you'll know that you need to prepare more in advance for a test the first time around and not rely so heavily on the, re- you yeah. know, the retake policy. Um, so, yes. So I think that whole experience and everything. And, and see, the first and second year teachers, they don't have the experience. So that's why I'm really saying that the biggest thing for me at that time was to go and observe. Yes. Go find the teachers that everybody talks about. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're the best teacher. Yeah. You know. Um, Even if they're not in your subject especially area. if they're not it's yeah. so it's so interesting it's so educational uh some of the master teachers that i went i went and saw a chemistry teacher and it was like the best mm-hmm. thing it, because there are systems that you can adapt for your classroom yes for across the discipline yes. yep. um so that's one of my go and observe role play a student sit down with them and just say okay so i had a student come up and say this yeah what would you say to that student yeah. in that time and because you're developing your like toolkit of responses so yeah. that you don't have to think about this every yeah. single time each new situation pops up you've got it just like obama's suits in the closet you've got the suits all ready to go you yeah. just grab the one that suits the yeah. the situation so um yeah this is what i have to refresh this is my what 14th year of teaching and you would think that, ah, oh, it's like, you know, falling off a horse right now. Is that even a phrase? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. It's riding a horse and falling off a log. Yeah. <laughs> falling off a horse. <laughs> Anybody can do it. Um, mixing metaphors. Yes. So, and it's one of the things that, I, one of the reasons I love doing this podcast is because I can bring things that I'm, I need to improve on. I can bring them here. I can talk about them with you. And then I feel kind of in a renewed energy about, yes. You're okay. You don't have to, you know, quit and leave the country and <laughs> find something other to do. Well, I'm, I'm so glad um, that that helps you feel that way. Because <laughs> then I can, you know, refresh my memory of all yeah. this. Uh, especially when we're in this muddy season. <laughs> yeah. And it just, you feel like literally bogged down and figuratively bogged down. And it just is like this never ending slog. Um, and it is so tempting. And I think you you talked about having those, those systems in the classroom, like this is the procedure for having a retake. You do this, you do this, you do this, you get the retake. You haven't done those three things. You don't get to take the retake. And I think that having that to fall back on, it just saves so much energy because you don't have to explain it to them every time you've explained it to them once and you just point to it over and over again, like a broken record every time. No, this is why. Yes. No. And, uh, but I think it takes, so coming from the perspective of a teacher much earlier in the career, you know, I had three years at the school that we we taught together and by my third year, I was starting to figure out those systems. And I remember going into my first year, I heard a lot from teachers who had just completed their first year of teaching. And I heard either it was the most horrific terrible experience of their entire lives because it is hard the first year of teaching or well it's not that bad as long as you're organized and I would tell my husband that's great but I don't know what I'm supposed to organize (laughs) it's like telling somebody who's never left their hometown planning a trip to France for 50 people is super easy you just have to be organized (laughs) they that person has no idea what needs to be organized and that's how I felt so it took me two years to figure out what were all of the systems that I even needed 
to figure out. Right. And, um, but then by my third year, there were some things I'd started to figure out. And one of them, and this is, I learned from a master teacher. She shared her syllabus with me and I looked at it. And the last sentence in the syllabus is there will be no extra credit mm-hmm. period. And so that saved my butt and so much energy that year mm-hmm. because at the end of the quarter, is there anything I can do to get my grade up? <laughs> well, you have five missing assignments. I'll take those. Well, is there any extra credit? Which I love how they don't do the regular credit, but then <laughs> want the extra credit. And, uh, but I would just, it was easy. Right. It's in the syllabus. There's no extra credit. End of story. So I don't have to come up with an alternate assignment for you. I don't have to grade new stuff. I don't have to do any of that because there will be no extra credit. Yeah. And I think one of the things uh, that I do not have any trouble giving into right now yeah. is my time. Yeah. Uh, that's the easiest thing for me to protect right now in my life. Whereas when I was young and childless and not married and didn't have a whole heck of a lot going on after school hours, yeah. uh, I could stay until seven or eight o'clock at night and get grading done. And, or I could stay in tutor or I could meet up with students and tutor and do all this stuff. And I'm listening to new teachers now um, talk about how um, no, they said that they would, you know, pull kids to the the teacher available time, you know, to work on stuff. Or um, I told them I would stay after on Thursdays. And I am much better at looking at my calendar and going, nope, this is the one day that I'm going to be here. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sorry if it doesn't work out for you, but I've got to protect my time also. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think so much. In this industry, this caretaking industry where we are working with the growth and development of other human beings, uh, very similar industry like nursing and whatever, we don't want to feel like we are harming our students. Right. And so sometimes we will harm ourselves to feel like we are doing what's best for our students. Right. Yeah, because don't actuality, let them down. You know, not being there on the afternoon of their choosing yeah. is not going, that should not make or break their grade. Yeah. And, <laughs> and frankly, I think setting boundaries with them is actually really good for them because I feel like it sets them up. It teaches them that, you know, because it's a very teenager, adolescent thing to feel like the world revolves around me. What I need is the most important need in the world. And you're sort of starting to teach them. No, other people have needs. You need to respect them. You've known for a long time that this deadline was coming. And now you get to lie in the bed that you made. And I think that's a really important lesson and one that we don't teach students enough um, is, you know, everybody's allowed to have boundaries. Yes. And, um, and I know, even though when I started teaching, I was not... I was not young, I was not single, and I was not childless. I was, you know, in my 30s, I was married, I had a small child, and I still worked way too hard. I still spent too much time at school. I still said yes to students too often because I hadn't figured out yet where that line was of, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Like, you know, some things you should be saying yes to your students too, right? Mm -hmm. Like... You got a student and their grandparent died yesterday. Yes, I will give you an extension on this mm-hmm. assignment or I will let you take the test in a few days because this is an extenuating circumstance and I will work with you. Um, versus I haven't turned in five assignments because I was too busy playing video games. 
<laughs> mm, no, I'm going to have to say no to that, you know, but figuring out where that line was and what I was allowed to protect as far as my own boundaries and resources and what was expected of me, not only from students, but from parents and from administration as part of that teacher learning curve in the first year. It's like sort of what am I allowed to say no to? Right. And I think what I learned in my first two years of teaching is that I'm allowed to say no to whatever I want. <laughs> yes. I mean, there will be consequences for that. Um, and I have to weigh, you know, am I willing to put up with somebody being upset with me over protecting this boundary? Yeah, because it's important enough to me, you mm -hmm. know. Or, um, you know, and obviously there are things that, am I willing to lose my job over this boundary? Maybe not. But maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about um, some other things uh, that I think we get into some uh, mindsets that aren't serving us. And one of mm. those mindsets is be uh, believing that all consequences are bad. Uh, consequences are neutral. And when I have a student come up to me and they realize they messed up. Yeah. They messed up and we're in the last week. And their grade is what it is. Yeah. And they uh, are working super hard and they, they, they're ready to do whatever and whenever and whatever. And then, yeah, you're right. In some cases I can go, you know what? I, I see you have a missing assignment. I will go ahead and still take that from you. Yeah. Show me that you're yeah. willing to put forth that effort and, and let's have a conversation about it and everything. But then um, the other thing is when I have to say, no, actually, this is this is where it's at. The retake policy is what it is. There are no more retakes for this for you. Um, do you feel like you did everything in your power to prepare the first time around? And usually they're very honest with mm -hmm. me and say, It's amazing no. how honest and self-reflective students can be in that moment. It, yeah. it blows me <laughs> yes. away every time because I always expect them to be like, totally, I totally did everything. They're usually like, no, I did not study for this. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're very frank. And, you know, sometimes occasionally there's one that's well, just being the freak out. Oh, my yeah. God, but I'm going to have my phone taken away. And I'm like, and that's okay. Yeah. You know what you need to do now to get that phone back mm -hmm. or whatever it is that got taken away from you. Yeah. Uh, but this is, once again, this is not on me. Yeah. This is not on me. This yeah. is on you. Uh, I am not giving you grades. Yeah. You, you are, are earning them. <laughs> and I have straight so. up told students oh, well, my mom is going to ground me if I don't get this grade up. And I have straight up told students, and I've told students this in parent-teacher conferences in front of the parents, and the parents get this look of like, thank you for being on my team. But I tell students, this is a gift to you, this consequence. It sucks, mm -hmm. but this is to teach you that what you are doing is not working, and you need to change, and you are capable of that change, so make the change. And try to relate to them directly. Like, this is, so I, you know, and I'll tell them, I've seen what happens when students have no consequences for their behavior. They get out into the real world, they fail and fall on their butts, and they have no skills for getting back up. Mm -hmm. Because they haven't learned any of that. But you're in high school. You can fail now. And then you have your parent here, who obviously cares about you very much, because they're willing to hold the line with you. You have me here. I care about you very much. I'm willing to hold the line with you and we will help you get back up. Right. Right. The other thing, um, going back to the 
how I struggle with confrontation because it takes a lot of energy is sometimes I forget that I can always push pause on the conversation. When a student comes up to me and, you know, sometimes they just go, Bleh! and they vomit all this stuff over you, their life story about what's been going on with their dog and, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> in the car. And then this happened and then it rained yeah. yesterday. And that's why I now have a D in your class. But, um, and they'll make like a whole bunch of demands uh, or, or requests or they'll ask a question or any of it, really. Sometimes I feel a lot of pressure that I have to come up with an answer right then, and you do not. Yes. I can always say... I forget say, that all the time. I hear everything that you just said, and right now I need to do something else. Yeah. Uh, I will get back to you by such and such a time. Mm-hmm. Or if I just don't even, I'll say, put it in an email, and I will get back to you. Yeah. So just kind of pushing that off so it's not because they love to like just walk right in the room, right up to you and yeah. just go, blah, uh, putting it like that and just, you know, well, yeah. I have the system in place. Thank God of Ooh, a system. You love do it. not approach me when you come in the door for class. Yeah. When when class starts, it's about the, the class as a whole. Yeah. It's, a, it's not a time for individual uh, requests or anything like that. That's not what I'm ready for. I am ready to uh, get on with our lesson, address the class as a whole. There yeah. will be time at the end of class if you have individual questions or concerns that do not concern everybody else in this class. Oh, I like that. Because I love when they like raise their hand in the middle of class and they go, what do I need to get on this next test to get an <laughs> average of a C? And, and I have to go, does this impact every person in this class? Yeah. No. no. It just impacts you. Yeah. Save it, it for needs later. To wait. Let's get back to the lesson. Yeah. Because that always blows my mind. It's like, yeah. But, um, you know, because that is something that I realized was really draining my energy at the beginning of class is there would be a line forming of students who want to ask me questions and I'm trying to get ready for a lesson. Yeah. That is not the time. Yes. And then I tell them. And don't do that to other teachers if they don't have this in place. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just, I'll, I'll give you an insight. No teacher likes it when yeah. you walk right in the room and go right up to them and start barraging them with questions. Yeah. Wait until later. Yeah. Or even better yet, put it in an email mm-hmm. because I'm not going to remember it. Yeah. And it protects you, too, Yeah. because if the teacher forgets your request or your question or they they forget that they agreed to stay after to help you with something. Mm -hmm. uh, If you had it in an email, students, then you can protect yourself and go, oh, I thought I put it in an email to you. And the teacher can be like, yep, there it is. I saw it. Yep. Uh, And it's that's a very professional way to cover your tracks. Yeah. No. (laughs) And (laughs) anyway, um. And along those same lines, it makes me think of one of my policies at the beginning of class. I, the first five minutes of class, we're doing a warm up. It's on the board. I train my students right at the beginning of the year. Like this is, you know, in algebra, we do two equations at the beginning of class. Mm-hmm. That's the warm up. I train them from the beginning of the year. You come in, you get your supplies, you sit down, you start working on the warm up. You get your homework out. I'll walk around, look at it or do whatever other things, take attendance, all that stuff. Do the warm up and you do it quietly. Not time for talking. We'll have talk time later. This is not it. And I remember, I think it was my second year, I had a class that was like, it was this time of year and I had been working with them on this all year long and they still would not be quiet for the first five minutes of class. And it drove me up a wall. And one day I just like flipped out on them. <laughs> and, uh, and one of the students went to her guidance counselor and was like, I can't be in this class anymore. 
because this teacher is just being ridiculous. So my administrator came and had a talk with me. And one of the things he said was, does it have to be quiet for the first five minutes of class? Like, what does that gain? And so I really thought about it. And is that helpful? And I thought, you know what? I do need it to be quiet for the first five minutes of class. Because what I noticed for myself was if it was quiet for the first five to seven minutes of class, I was way more tolerant for all the other minutes of class. Mm-hmm. I could handle so much more, so many more questions. I could redirect behaviors a lot easier. Like I just had way more patience. I needed that five minutes to settle into this new group of kids. If it was chaotic for the first five minutes, I was a bitch for the rest of class. And so I just, like you said, this is a boundary I need to set so we all have a good time. And I like can that. Learn and today. were you able to go back to that class and kind of go, this is why? Or would you do that again if you had like a new set of um, students? Just so, so, for that authenticity type yeah. thing. Yeah. And so I think I did go back to that class and say, listen, this is, you know, what we need to do. And I sort of framed it in terms of them. Like they are also transitioning from their last class. We all need to settle in. It didn't do any good. This class was... They had a lot of positives, a lot of good things, but being quiet was not one of them. It was just like the chattiest (laughs) class I've ever had. And, but in the future, like the next year, I explained to every class, like, I just, I need this. You need this. If you want me to be happy, you will be (laughs) quiet for like five to seven minutes at the beginning of class while we all get settled in. Right. You know. Right. No, I do like that. Um, When I was also... Thinking about uh, holding the line and how that can be difficult sometimes. Uh, I talked about how it's definitely very difficult when I was a new teacher. Uh, It's definitely difficult when I have things going on like illnesses and just end of the, you know, semester or grading period and spring break is far, far away and uh, things like that. But there's also the one that you can't control, which is when you know you're not going to get the backup or support you need from administration yes. um, on, on things. So holding the line gets more difficult if you know nothing's going to happen mm-hmm. if you try to use the policy that's in place and it's yeah. not effectively backed up. And I don't have a lot of quick fixes for that rather than some of those I do let go because yeah. why bother if it's not going to be held up? Yeah. You know, why do I take the time to write out a referral if nothing's going to come of it? Yeah. Um, type of thing. Now, in the current place where I am, things do get handled. So, uh, yeah. you know, there is backup. But yeah. I know that in the past for me and other places where I've taught, uh, that was something where it's like, well, they want us to do this, but there's no backup on the other end and it's really not an issue for me. So So I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. But anyway, so that is, that was just the other last little thing. And of course, now that I am a parent, holding the line is now a 24 hour (laughs) (laughs) job. Nonstop. And there's sometimes where I just, I see somebody take a quick glance at their phone and I'm like, I just can't. Yeah. I'm going to keep moving on. If I see it over and over again, then okay. Yeah. But the energy reserves, yeah. yep. knowing that I've got to go home and continue teaching, yes. <laughs> that that is um, difficult. But I needed to talk about this today so that I could feel a nice refreshed sense. And then, you know what? Just occurred to me, add this to the list of things that you need to do. Talk about it. 
Yes. If you feel like there's something that you're letting slide anywhere in in yeah. your day-to-day teaching existence uh, and you're really starting to beat yourself up for it, stop beating yourself up for it. Yeah. Find a friend who's not going to be all judgy. Sometimes don't go to your mentor. Sometimes yeah. they can be judgy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> go find that friend and go, look, I am so slacking off and I need to pick up the line and here's what's going on. And yeah. what, you know, can yeah. I just vent for five minutes? Don't tell me, don't give me any advice. Don't give me, any, I always have to tell people when yeah. I'm venting. Just, just let me no, rant. I don't need a fixer. I know what I need to do. Just, yeah. I want to get it all out. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, come behind and go, well, all right. Let's say a kid did come up and yeah, say yeah, this. Yeah. What would you say, yeah. you know? And I feel like that is, you just pointed out, such an effective technique to go to somebody and say, I don't need advice. I don't want feedback. I just need to get this out. Please listen. Because I find that what happens is that the other person will just listen. Yes. And it's so effective. And yes. you get it all spewed out there. <laughs> sometimes and I you take even a deep say, breath. Sometimes you even go, and here's how I need you to respond. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, uh-huh. Natalie. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I just need you I to tell me. I'm going to tell you what to say. Yeah, I, I, just, I just want you to know that when I'm done talking, what I need you to say is, you're doing fine. Just keep moving. Because I know that's what I need to hear. Yes. Um, but then, like you said, and you get it all out and they say, you're doing fine. I hear you. I understand you. And then you say, okay, now can we talk about some practical strategies or what have you done when you've been in this situation? Because then you're ready to receive that kind of feedback exactly um and so and then also like if you're on the listening end and somebody just vented to you yeah it's okay to come back with i do have a few thoughts when you're ready yeah you know would you like to hear them and then the other person can say not right now but some point yes or actually i do feel a lot better now yeah sure i'd love to hear what you have to say um that way you're not just going you know, why don't you do this? Why don't uh-huh. you do this? Because I just want to so, reach across the table and strangle yeah. you. <laughs> you feel so bombarded. <laughs> it's like, I'm already feeling like crap. So why don't you just lay it on me? How crappy I am. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, but no. And I think that's really good advice for both both perspectives. And I'm really glad that you brought this up. I think it's a really very important topic. Um, yeah. Holding that line. Yes. And it's such a honed skill over time. I think... Pre-service teachers are told over and over again that holding the line is so important. They're told why it's important. They're told a little bit, I think, how to do it. But you have no idea how often you have to do it. You have no idea the different ways in which you have to do it. And then you start to learn, oh, it looks like there's 75 different things I had to hold the line on today. But it's really they go down to like three different categories of things. So if I had three different responses... I would take care of most of this exactly in my day, but it's such a skill that takes time. And no matter how many times you tell a teacher before their first year that they need to do this, unless there's very few teachers who are just like gifted at this <laughs> and they come in ready to go. Um, I know one or two of them and I'm just like, who I bow down you? to you. Yeah. Uh, but other than those like supreme super teachers, um, most of us have to kind of learn that on the job. Right. And I think that's what part of what makes it so exhausting. But then once you've started to learn it, you get it a little bit in your toolbox, you have three or four good responses to things. Yeah. Whew, it can help. Definitely. Well, so, thank you, yeah, Christine. You're welcome. 
All right, are we ready for our question? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, let me see here. We got Get our lists. Our, uh, so, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. For those eight. just joining us, what we like to do at the end, just to change things up, especially when things get really dark. This one wasn't no. too dark, but uh, just an offbeat little quick question to answer. So, yes. Let's so, do it. Brent, pick a number, one through eight. Uh, let's go with seven. Ooh, seven. Ooh, what year in your own education would you repeat? Oh, you mean like if I were to go back in school? Yes. Ooh, in your own education. Can it be college or does it have to be high school? It just says education, any educational year. Okay, well, let me tell you. I got dumped really bad um, my junior year in college, and it was the best thing for my grades and my (laughs) self-esteem ever um, after a a slight dip. Now, it was... A really unhealthy kind of relationship in that I was very enmeshed. Like, yeah, uh, I was it happens all a lot in. in college. I think, and I I take care of your emotions, and when you're bad, it's my job to fix you. You know that whole yeah yeah learn that lesson. Yeah, that's not how it works, children. No, that's a whole separate podcast. But um, <laughs> anyway, I got dumped hard, and of course, since my identity was so wrapped up in that relationship, I was just floored. Yeah. And so I threw myself, like a lot of people who get dumped, um, I threw myself into everything else. Uh, That whole, and this kind of falls in line with what this whole um, episode was about, was I had so much structure because I needed to exert control back on my life because I was Mm. out of control. It was not my decision in that relationship. I needed something within my control. I, um, I went to the gym every single morning. I... It was very much like clockwork. It was just, you know, 20 minutes on the treadmill or I ran the loop and then I did the weights and then I did this. And then I, I made it a point to go to every single class. I didn't skip any classes and I did everything that the professor told us to do. Uh, So if they were, you know, saying you need to read this chapter, I read that chapter and I highlighted it. My room was clean all the time in college. Yeah. And my car was clean. Everything was so OCD. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's very structured. And but what I forgot, because after I got over the breakup, I went back to my old fun ways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I forgot was that by having all of that structure in place, it really freed up a lot of time for me to be creative and spontaneous. Uh, And that was so counterintuitive. Uh I had the best time every Saturday night. My friend and I, we would go to the gay dance club downtown because they had the best music. Mm -hmm. And we would dance, dance, dance. Neither one of us drank. We were athletes. So we would like go up to the bar and get water and get scowls. Yeah. um, Because you don't pay for water. So (laughs) we would water. And then we'd go to Waffle House at two o'clock in the morning and have like, you know, breakfast and then come home and then sleep late on, on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, there were also like lots of opportunities that I could say yes to because all of my business was done. Uh-huh. You know, all of my schoolwork. Oh, yeah, I'm done with my homework because yeah. I'm OCD right now. Yeah. So I guess I can go out and spontaneously go up to, you know, go for a hike. Yeah. And things like that. And so I would love to repeat that year, heartbreak and all. Yeah. Just to um, kind of relive that that renaissance uh, time of my life. Yeah. How about you? Um, what and just what year oh, of college yeah. was that? My junior year. Your junior year. Yeah. Um, so I have a very similar story. I think I would I would choose and um, except this was my last year of college. It was my my post senior year of college because I. <laughs> 
had more than one senior year. So it took me a while. Um, and that's a whole other story. But anyway, I, um, you know, sort of similar. It, I was supposed to graduate the year before, but I didn't pass all the classes I needed to to graduate that year. So um, I had to do one. I had to do one more semester and that semester went very, very, very badly, very badly. And that was because I was not living on campus and I was going part time to just take the three classes that I needed. Um, I was dating a young man who was just bad for me. He was the worst. <laughs> he was terrible. I, I found out we broke up because I found out that a he had a uh, massive problem with cocaine and B, I was the other woman. So, oh, so yeah. a couple of little issues. Yeah. There. And so, uh, yeah. And then when I found that out, it was like I reflected and looked back and there's like 8,000 red flags that I just <laughs> ignored completely. And so I failed all three of those classes. <laughs> and um, the school sent me a letter and said, you're not allowed to come back. <laughs> and I... Um, was very, very, very extremely fortunate to have had um, a teacher, a professor at that school at the time who was totally in my corner and had gotten wind of what had happened mm -hmm. with my grades and being kicked out of school. Totally went to bat for me with the administration of the school and called me and said, if you write this letter and you jump through XYZ hoops, they will let you back in, but you have to be a full-time student next semester you have to live on campus and I have to be your mentor mm -hmm. and I said sign me up oh good and um and she was amazing she didn't do any of the work for me but she held my hand through every step of the way okay I need to jump through x hoop so you have to go to this office you have to talk to this person would you like me to show you where it is okay you know she I had to do all the work but she took a lot of the because I um had a ton of anxiety mm -hmm. and was feeling very much like I'm going to go talk to these people and they're all going to hate me and they're all going to think I'm still a loser. And she was like, no, you're going to go do this and it's going to be fine. And it was hard. Um, and, but you know, and I had to take a full load. I had to take five classes and cause that was part of the arrangement. Um, and I did, I took all five classes. One of the classes was a class that she taught and she told me, I'm telling you to take this class because it will round out your five classes. You might find it interesting. And I'm going to go super easy on you. Because you're, I'm just trying to get you to help, help get you out of here. Mm -hmm. She said, but there's a final project. You have to do the final project. Because if you don't do it, it'll be really conspicuous if I give you a good grade. Right. And you didn't do this project. So I said, okay, fair enough. Um, and she, and then I, she was my mentor. So I had to meet with her once a week. And... I very much like you, like I lived on campus, you know, I ate in the dining hall, I did my homework, I went to class, and then somewhere in the middle of the semester, things started to slide off, which was my pattern. I would start really hard mm -hmm. and then slide off. And I wasn't sleeping and I was starting to kind of fall into a depression, but a light bulb went off and I said, um, this isn't right. Like this is, I see this pattern. So I went to my mentor and I said, this is what's happening. How do I fix it? Like, what do I need to do? She said, well, first of all, you need to start going back to class. Like, 
<laughs> you know. Sometimes it's the obvious thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> duh. Okay. And she's like, and you oh, should yeah, probably cool. see a doctor about this insomnia situation, you know. Mm. And which I did. And I went back to class and I got everything back on track. It was a lot of work, but I did it. And then I got all A's that semester. Yes. And I graduated from college. Wasn't that a good feeling? And it was amazing. It was the best feeling of coming from like this deep, dark, seemingly impossible hole and working my way out and then accomplishing something. And I got my diploma framed and I knew that any time in my life I felt like I can't do this. I just had to look on the wall and if I could do that, whatever was in front of me next, I could do it. Yeah. Might need a little help. I might need to phone a friend or whatever, like, you know, get some support. But I also knew how to do that because I'd had this wonderful teacher who taught me this is what it looks like to ask for help and to get support. And this is what you can do with that. And it was such an amazing year of like way, way, just like you were saying, like way, way low. But then what I learned from that was this big, huge, like mountain summit of awesomeness. A mountain summit yeah. of office. Awesomeness. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I also made some really good friends and had a lot of fun that semester on top of yeah. doing good in school. So it was a really good feeling. That's cool. Yeah. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. All right. Next time. Yes. Bye. Bye.